morning. Today is Resurrection Sunday, Resurrection Day. It is a day that is unlike any other. In the Christian calendar, in the, in the Christian church, this is like the Super Bowl. All right? I, I could not sleep last night. I couldn't wait to get up and get moving and go pick up cinnamon rolls and bring them here and, and do that kind of thing. But I was so excited, I couldn't even sleep. 4.45, 15 minutes before my alarm clock goes up, uh, went off. Eyes popped open, ready to do this. Let's go. So uh, it's a wonderful day. I love Resurrection Day. I love Easter Sunday. Uh, it's it's a, a great reminder of God's incredible love and the power of Jesus to overcome sin and the grave, to overcome death. You know, we remember the fact that Jesus Christ not only died for our sins and he died on the cross, but that God brought him back to life. God raised him from the dead. This day is all about Jesus Christ. This day is all about Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about four passages of Scripture that Paul wrote uh, in three different books to three different audiences. And we're going to talk about these four passages of Scripture that have to do with being united with Christ and what it means to be united with Christ. That's what we're talking about today. Um, in one way or another, we are all united with Christ. And we'll get into the details of that. I just want to tell you a little bit about where we're going on Sunday mornings. If this is your first time here, we're so glad you joined us. Again, ask that if you, you could fill out that yellow card in your bulletin and drop it off at the information station on your way out today. We'll give you a little welcome packet of information. Uh, but we're so glad you're here and that you've joined us for worship today. We're so excited uh, that you're with us, and, and it's, it's good to have you. Um, but here, this is where we're going for the next several weeks. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to uh, have a precursor to our vision night. Vision night is April 12th. That's Friday, April 12th. We're going to have a soup and chili supper. And we're going to talk about the vision that God has laid on the hearts of the leadership of, of Griffith First Christian Church. We're very excited about a direction in which God is moving us. And uh, we want to share that with everybody. And so everybody, we want you to know you're invited to come to Vision Night. Come grab a, a cup of chili or a cup of soup at 5 o'clock and then stay for Vision Night at 6. You don't have to stay if you don't want. If you want to just come and have soup, I don't recommend that. I mean, the soup is going to be good and everything, but the Vision Night is going to be awesome. So we want you to come to Vision Night, Friday, April 12th. But next Sunday, we're going to have a precursor to Vision Night. Uh, the message is going to be about the vision that we have and where that comes from in Scripture. So we want you to join us for Vision Night uh, in two weeks, but we want you to come back next Sunday and hear about this amazing vision that God has for, for, for First Christian Church here in Griffith. Um, after Vision uh, Sunday, next Sunday, uh, we're going to move uh, back into Second Peter, the second part of our basic series. We're going to study Second Peter up until Mother's Day. Then we're going to have our Mother's Day service, and that's always nice. Uh, and then after Mother's Day, we're going to do a brief series called Words with Friends. How many of you play Words with Friends on your phone or on Facebook or your tablet or your iPad or whatever you got? We have some Words with Friends people, okay? So uh, Words with Friends is coming up after Mother's Day. Then we're going to have Father's Day. And after Father's Day, we're going to do something. We're cooking up something a lot of fun for the summer, kind of in the vein of last summer. If you were here last summer, we did Blockbuster. I got something in the same, along the same lines for this coming summer. If you have a uh, bulletin, if you grabbed a bulletin on your way in at the information station, I'd love for you to turn for the back page and find the HDO. That's the handy-dandy outline. And uh, we are going to uh, fill in some blanks this morning as we talk about what it means to be with Christ, specifically what it means to be united with Christ. Now, uh, the first blank on your outline, uh, I'm, let me read from Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and I'll tell you what the first blank is. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. 
The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Can you guess what the first blank on your outline? We are crucified with Christ. We are crucified with Christ. Jesus was crucified on a Roman cross, suffered a torturous, uh, humiliating death on the cross, and he suffered there for one reason. He suffered there for you and me. He suffered for us on that cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that he could wash away our sins by his blood. He took the punishment that our sins deserve. Several weeks ago, I was uh, teaching at uh, KFC, the 5th and 6th graders, and I asked them a question. I said, if your little brother or sister got into trouble, how many of you would take the punishment for them? Anybody got a guess how many kids want to take the punishment? for the? There was one. One little boy said, I would do it. I said, if your little brother was going to get a spanking, would you take it for him? Yeah. If your little brother was going to get grounded, would you take it for him? Yeah. Really? That's admirable. Because I tell you what, when I was a kid, ain't no way I was going to do it. No, no, no. I got two brothers here this morning. They'll testify. Sean was not going to do that for them. Jesus took the punishment for us. He took the punishment that our sins deserve. That we deserve death. But Jesus took the death in himself. And he took the crucifixion and took the punishment that our sins deserve. He died for you and he died for me. He died for us. Only his sacrifice could satisfy the wrath of God. And God poured out all of his wrath on Jesus on the cross. And that's significant. Because some people think that God's angry with them. Some people think that God's mad at them all the time. That God's just really disappointed in them. And that God is just waiting to smite them. That God is just waiting to drop the other shoe on them. That God is just waiting to pour out his wrath on them. I heard Steve Brown once say that God can't pour out any wrath on you because he poured it all out on Christ on the cross. That's important to remember. That's important to know that Jesus took the punishment for our sins. And he satisfied the wrath of God on the cross. And so by faith, we are crucified with Christ. We are spiritually put to death and given new life in Jesus. See, the Galatians were having a hard time with this new faith. They were having a hard time accepting the fact that this... That, that it was by grace through faith that they were saved. And they kept wanting to go back to their former way of life. They kept wanting to go back to try and earn their salvation. They were trying to, trying to go back and, and be good enough for God's salvation. And you know what? The problem is, is that no one is good enough. We're not good enough to merit salvation. We're not good enough to earn our salvation. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't go to church enough times. You can't confess your sins enough times. You can't put enough money in the offering plate, but you can try. You could try. No, you can't. You can't do enough to earn God's salvation. It is a gift. It, salvation is a gift of God's grace. It is unmerited favor. It is God saying to you here, I have this wonderful gift for you. All you got to do is take it. I love gifts. I love giving gifts. Oh, I love giving gifts. I love the look on someone's face, specifically a certain someone uh, whose face I love to see, like on Christmas morning or on uh, Resurrection Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning. I heard this little voice from the other end of the room, the end, other end of the house this morning. We found an Easter basket. Wow! Oh, I love that. That's so awesome. Wow! Yeah, that's right. I love to give gifts. 
And I love to give gifts. And I love to watch people get gifts. And I love to hear people receive gifts. I love gifts. I like getting gifts. How many of you like getting gifts? Anybody who doesn't like getting gifts? I don't like getting gifts. I love to get and I love to give gifts. God loves to give a gift. And he has a gift for you. And all you got to do is it's free. It's absolutely free. How many of you like free stuff? I like free stuff. You're going to give me something free and I don't have to pay for it? Where do I sign up? God has a free gift for you. He's got a free gift of his grace. You can't, like I said, you can't be good enough for salvation. You can't earn it. You can't merit it. But it's a free gift of his grace. I read about a website called uh, Heaven's Registry. There's a guy named Peter Kuba who ran this website. And for 20 bucks, he would send you a guaranteed heavenly admission certificate. For 20 bucks, he would send you a certificate that says you get to go to heaven. 20 bucks. Sounds good, right? I mean, except for the fact that it costs 20 bucks. It's also available for cherished pets for $15. So for five bucks less, you know, you and Pooch can go to heaven. Um, There's a problem with that, though, is that salvation doesn't come from a certificate. Salvation doesn't come from obeying the Ten Commandments. Salvation doesn't come from being good enough. It doesn't come from going to church. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone. And in his crucifixion, he took the punishment for my sins. In his crucifixion, he took the punishment for your sins, for all of our sins. And if we will put our faith in Christ, if we will trust him for salvation, we will be crucified spiritually with him. We will be united with him spiritually in his crucifixion. And we will be crucified with Christ. But you know what? There's good news, folks. That's not the only way we're united with Christ. See, we are united with Christ in his crucifixion, but we are also buried with Christ. That's the second blank on your outline. We are buried with Christ. If you can locate a Bible, grab a Bible and turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 is where we're going to spend the the next two bullet points on your bulletin. First, we're going to want to look at verses 1 through 4 of chapter 6. Paul wrote to the Romans, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means! We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We are buried with Christ. When we are baptized, we are buried with Christ. This is why we baptize by immersion here. Uh, we don't, the Bible doesn't know any other way of baptizing other than immersion. And I'll tell you why in just a second. But we have this big uh, hot tub looking thing up here. And uh, it's filled with good old Indiana, uh, Griffith, Indiana tap water. Um, uh, but it's heated. And so it's nice and warm. And there's a rubber duck floating in there full of chlorine. So the water stays nice and clean. But when we baptize somebody, we baptize by immersion. And the reason is, is because we have this symbolic burial with Christ, that when we go down into the water, we are buried with Christ. The Greek word, baptizo, that we get our word baptism from, literally means to immerse, to plunge, or to dip. It is a word uh, that has in mind uh, the idea of washing dishes. In those days, you didn't have an electric dishwasher, okay? You were the dishwasher, 
Is, you know, and I was, I was talking about this in the first service. Uh, how many of you have ever had your dishwasher go on the fritz? Yeah. That's horrible. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, you, you go to start the dishwasher, you load it all up, you rinse off your dishes. I don't rinse off my dishes first. It's got a garbage disposal in the thing. That's what that's for. And so you rinse off your dishes, you put them inside, close it up, put the soap, put the soap in, then close it up. You push the button. Push the button. Oh, man. Button. Nope. Now what do you got to do? You got to take all those dishes out. You got to put them in the sink. You got to run the water and put the soap in. And how many of you wear gloves? Anybody wear gloves to wash the dishes? Not me. I get all pruny hand. You know, and so uh, you, you fill the, the sink with water. You take the dish. You put it down in the water. You scrub it up. You rinse it off and somebody else dries, hopefully. And then, uh, but see, when you wash dishes by hand, you, you put them under the water and then you scrub them with soap and they get all nice and clean. You submerge them. You immerse them. Next time you wash dishes by hand, think about this. You are baptizing your dishes. According to the Greek, ancient Greek. That's what it is. You are literally baptizing your dishes. So, when we are baptized, we are buried with Christ. We are submerged. We are immersed into his death, and we are buried with him. Now, the good news is we don't have to be buried for three days. We don't have to go into the water for three days. You need a scuba mask to do that. But we are buried with Christ. It's just a momentary act of submission and obedience as we are buried we are spiritually buried with christ and like i said it's a momentary act of submission and obedience that makes an an eternal impact you know if you've never been baptized by immersion i want to talk to you and you're like well i don't want to talk to you no we need to talk we need to talk about this we need to talk about where you are in your relationship with god and, and where you are in obeying him fully because baptism is a part of god's plan of salvation You've got to believe. You've got to believe that Jesus died for your sins. You've got to repent, which means just to turn away from sin. It's like, I'm going in this direction, and now I know I, I can't go in that direction anymore. I've got to go in this direction. This is the way to sin. This is the way to God. I'm going to turn around and repent and turn to God for forgiveness. You've got to confess. The Bible says that if we, will confess, if we will believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So you've got to believe. You've got to repent. You've got to confess. You've got to be baptized. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said on the day of Pentecost, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to believe, repent, confess, and be baptized as a believer. And God will forgive you all of your sins, just like when you put the dishes under the water, they come out clean. When you go out under the water, you come out clean, baby. That's awesome. It's just a simple act with huge significance, because we are buried with Christ. But that's just part of it. In the second half of Romans 6, uh, 1 through 10, we see that there's more. So look with me uh, at, at verse 5, Romans 6, 5 through 10. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. There's that, that passage again, Galatians 2, 20. So that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. 
because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. The third blank on your outline is that we are raised with Christ. We are raised with Christ. Jesus was raised on the third day. That's what Easter is really all about. Okay, everything else is cute and nice and pink, and mine is mint. My, my color today is mint green, my new Easter shirt, my nice white tie. That's all nice and good and everything, but what Easter is really all about is the resurrection of Jesus, how Jesus died on the cross for our sins, was buried in a tomb, and on the third day, God raised him back to life just as he promised he would, just as he said he would. Jesus said, God will, the Father will raise me from the dead on the third day. And sure enough, that's exactly what ha happened. God raised him from the dead on the third day. And when we are buried with him in baptism, the Bible says that we are raised with him to new life. Raised to new life. Eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Eternal life does not begin when you stop breathing. Eternal life begins when you come up out of the water of baptism. When you come up out of that water, your eternity has, has begun. Your eternal life has begun. It's not a there and then kind of thing. It's a here and now thing. It's here and now. We are saved now. Our sins are forgiven now. The Spirit lives in us now. We have love, joy, peace now. We have a relationship with God now. We are saved and set free from the consequences of our sin. When? Now. Now. Right now, that is when eternity begins. That is when you take that first step into eternity and you spend the rest of your life here on earth uh, following Jesus and you follow him right into the next life. You follow him right into eternal life. But it begins at that moment, that moment, and nothing will ever be the same. Nothing will ever be the same. I'm not saying that life will be without difficulties. I'm not saying that life will be without heartache. I'm not saying that life will be without pain or without tests, without trials. But you will deal with it differently because Jesus is living in you. God is living in you. Jesus will be right beside you through the trials, through the tests, through the difficulties, through the pain, through the heartache. Jesus will be with you. How many of you have felt Jesus with you when you've been going through a hard time? You're going through the, the difficult days and the hard times of life and the trials and the tests and you don't know how you're going to get through it. You don't know how you're going to make it. All you know is that you have this strange sense of peace. That in the midst of a swirling tornado of chaos and confusion, you have peace. It's as though Jesus has spoken to the storm in your life and said, peace, be still. That's different. Because it didn't always used to be that way, did it? There was a time in your life when you were going through the storms and the tests and the trials. You said, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And you made it through by the skin of your teeth. But now you're not alone. And you know you're not alone. You know that God is with you. You know that Jesus is with you. You know that he will carry you through. And we do go through tests. And we do go through trials. But the difference for the baptized believer is that Jesus is always with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is always there and he will always be there to carry us through the trials and the tests and the difficulties and the pain and the heartache and the, and the tribulations of life. The final blank on your outline is a promise. It's a promise. We will live forever with Christ. 
We will live forever with Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says, After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord for how long? Forever. We will be with the Lord Jesus forever. It is a realization of God's promise. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more weeping. There will be no more pain. There will be no more death. Nope. We will be with Christ forever. He has promised that he is going to come back. He has promised that he is going to take us to live forever with him. We will be with him forever and ever and ever. We are going to go to where he is now, and we will be there for all eternity. In John chapter 14, verse 3, Jesus said, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. What kind of a place is he going to take us to? paradise heaven there's a description of it in the book of revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 4 john wrote then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea i saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away, this is so beautiful, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Imagine, my friends, imagine never hurting again in any way. Your heart will never be broken again. Your body will never be broken again. The pain you feel will be gone. The heartache you feel will be no more. The tears you cry will be dried and wiped away. No, you will never hurt again. You will never feel alone again because you will be and I will be and we will be with the Lord forever and ever and ever we will see him coming on the clouds of heaven he will come in power and glory and majesty he will come on the clouds and what's he going to do when he comes back he's going to take us to be where he is we will see our loved ones coming with him how many of you miss somebody you know what i'm talking about somebody you loved who knew jesus who went home to be with him you miss them like crazy I miss them too. And the good news is, they'll be back. And we will be together forever and ever and ever. We will rise to meet the Lord in the air and we will see him face to face and we will live with him forever. It is never going to stop. It is never going to end. It is going to be an eternity with Jesus. You know, I remember growing up, being in Sunday school at the First Christian Church down in Crown Point. I remember the Bible stories. We had flannel graphs. How many of you remember flannel graphs? I, we, we loved the flannel graph. And we'd learn the Bible stories. Noah, Joseph, and the amazing Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> Samson, David. We learned the stories about Jesus. And, and the older I get, the more I go back to those stories and I realize that they're true. 
How many of you are watching the Bible story, the Bible on History Channel right now? I, I, I stand, I sit there in awe and amazement as I see these stories that I've known my, practically my whole life coming to, coming to fruition, coming to, to life on the screen. And I see Jesus, and I hear his, the kindness in his voice, and I see the way he treats people. And that's how I want to treat people. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like him. And I know that there's coming a day when I'm going to see him. That it's not going to be on a TV screen. It's not going to be in a movie theater. But I'm going to see him face to face. And I'm going to run to him. And he's going to run to me. He's going to throw his arms around me and say, welcome home, son. Welcome home, Sean. I'm so glad to see you. And I'm so glad you're here. And that line behind me is going to be pretty long. And you're going to get your turn too. But not before me. Well, maybe before me. Hopefully not long before me. Because <laughs> I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for that day. We will never have a day without seeing Jesus face to face. That's awesome. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Peter wrote, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Jesus Christ is the hope of Easter. He is our hope. You've heard me say this before. The Greek word for hope literally means a confident expectation. It is a confident expectation that something is going to happen. You know... Through the power of the resurrection, we have a confident expectation. The fact that Jesus was raised from the dead and we are spiritually united with him in crucifixion, in burial, and in, in his uh, resurrection and spiritually united with him, we will be united with him forever and ever and ever. That is our hope. And it's going to happen. It's not a wish upon a star. It's not a little cricket singing on your shoulder. It's a reality. We will spend forever with Jesus. We live in a world that seems so hopeless. We live in a world where there's very little hope. You turn on the news at night and all it is is violence and death and pain and suffering and hopelessness. People are suffering and people are struggling and they are looking for hope. They are starving for hope. And let me tell you what the hope that they're starving for is. The hope they're looking for, the hope they're starving for, the hope that they want is Jesus. See, God has left a little hole in every single person. And we try to fill that hole with so many things. We try to fill it with alcohol. We try to fill it with drugs. We try to fill it with, with uh, pleasure. We try to fill it with food. We try to fill it with relationships. And, and they won't fit. It's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole. It won't fit. There's only one, one peg that'll fit that hole. And that's Jesus. He is the only one who can satisfy your soul. And you will not satisfy it with anything else. Because Jesus is the only one who can satisfy it. So maybe you need hope today. Maybe you're sitting there going, I am struggling I am hurting. I, I feel like I am dying inside. I feel like I am at the end of my rope. 
Maybe you need hope. Let me tell you how you can feel, find hope. Let me tell you how you can fill that void in your, in your heart, that void in your life, how you can have true hope, how you can have peace, how you can experience God's unconditional love, how you can be saved by the only one who can offer you forgiveness. Have you been crucified with Christ by faith? Have you been buried with him in baptism? Have you been raised to new life out of the waters of forgiveness? Have you, do you have the promise of spending eternity with him, spending forever and ever and ever with Jesus? You can know that for sure today. It is by God's grace, through faith in his son Jesus, expressed in baptism, that you can begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today. Easter Sunday, 2013, you can begin a new life. You can have the hope and the promise of eternity with him. And you will live a life of hope, not just here. You will live a life of hope that spans eons. Don't put it off another day. Don't wait. You think, oh, maybe not today, maybe next week. Don't wait till next week. Well, I, you know, I, I don't have, we have clothes. But, but, I, but, but I, I don't have, we're running out of time. No, we're not. We'll wait. If today is your day, and today is your day, don't put it off another day. Don't wait another day. Come to Jesus today. Come and be forgiven today. Come and find hope today and be united with Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends today. We live in a world that is where hope is in short supply. People are hurting and suffering, and struggling, and dying. But you offer hope. You offer peace. You offer joy and unconditional love. You offer grace. I pray today that for those who've never accepted your grace, that today might be the day that they would give their heart to Jesus, that they would give, your, give their, their lives to Jesus. And they would find true hope in him. Thank you, God, for uniting us with Christ in his crucifixion, in his burial, in his death, in his resurrection, and the promise that we'll be united with him forever. We pray these things in Jesus' name.